they were creating a oh what, what's happening here uh recording stopped i had to restart it hold on Okay, cool. And all that. It got all that. We're good. Everything's fine. Yay. Awesome. I'm so sorry to interrupt. <laughs> oh, back it up like 30 seconds and keep going. Sure. Um, so when I was about uh, six, around the same time that I was creating, uh, where where was 30 seconds go? <laughs> it doesn't matter too much. Sorry. Like wherever you think you left off. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I was uh, about six. I took uh, one of Gail's camps for the first time, and I found it to be this incredible experience. I think not just because um, of the kind of like really incredible experience of getting to create and start your own business, but I think a lot of the time was also that it was kind of this first experience of freedom, right? So one of the things I loved about the camps was that we would get to go into like uh, daddy land right that's where the camp was and kind of get to have lunch on our own and like set our own time and there was enough safety there like they were making sure that we couldn't leave we weren't going to get um in trouble like they were watching us but at the same time giving us a lot of freedom and accountability and responsibility which was this amazing experience right, right. because it wasn't just about oh this is what you need to do but it was more about like this kind of like we trust you and we trust that you will do things correctly and that you'll be back on time and all of that. And I found that to just be this like really remarkable experience. And then combine that with like this, we're running a business and we're hundred percent responsible for it. We are going to be responsible for whether it succeeds or fails. And we are going to see kind of the profits of our own work. I think that is something that is just extremely unique to that camp because I don't think there's ever another opportunity where kids are given so much trust. Now it's like it trust in this area where mistakes are like very low stakes, right? So you can make a mistake, maybe you're late and you don't get to make as many duct tape wristbands to sell, right? But you're not going to be in a space where like making a mistake results in any harm. Uh, and, and I think that's what's really magic about those camps is that you got a great, just experience of like having that trust and having that uh freedom right and i, I think uh what is really important is uh kind of understanding how cool that experience is and like how amazing it is to just kind of be creating your own thing and uh yeah and i think that's a lot about like i think entrepreneurship right yeah yeah because i think i think one of the biggest issues when it comes to entrepreneurship and teaching kids about these things is that like you're never given any freedom as, as a kid like you said it's, oh exactly yeah they, they gave them actual freedom which is really odd because like mm -hmm. even here i am at 17 yeah. in high school like yeah yeah it's still there's still very little freedom for me to actually go around and do the things that i want you're very lucky oh exactly very, like here's the assignment do this, do this do this there's no freedom to it and so opportunities kind of for me like this podcast was where I, that initially started to mm -hmm. create your own thing with low stakes where you know messing up is like oh man I yeah up an interview it's fine there's it's not it's not huge stakes i think uh -huh. that's such a rarity and i yeah 
that there should be a lot more of that in schools. So yeah, our camps are very unique in that aspect. No, exactly. Um, I think uh, that's really one of the things I think we do a great disservice uh, to younger generations when we don't give them any trust and we kind of uh, enforce everything for them, right? I think I think that kids and young people are so much more capable than we give them credit for. And um, when we try and kind of like dumb things down for young people, uh, we, we don't actually give them the experience of... Uh, Trying to figure it out yourself. Exactly. And, and we, we kind of like make it so people don't have these, uh, they aren't able to find things they really enjoy because they have to like be good at everything, right? Uh, you're required to take every class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that high school can be really uh, challenging because you're not giving anyone space to explore their interests. And even when schools have these programs like, oh, you can take like a business track. Uh, you're just adding more classes and you don't actually get to learn anything on your own. You're just kind of like studying for AP tests and whatever. Uh, and I, I think um, I think one of the things that we need to be most careful about is like really giving people the space to explore what they really like doing. I think what school, I think the issue with school is it teaches you a lot mm-hmm. about a subject without actually teaching you how to be in a subject, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like I, when you oh, certainly. Classes, like the first thing that came to mind is like, it teaches you a whole lot about business, but mm-hmm. no business classes I've ever taken has actually given me the opportunity to create a business. Like happened. No, you're so right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Being, doing this podcast and like, like I do, I do a lot of blog writing and stuff. Um, being, doing this podcast and doing actual paid writing for people and research into projects and my own investments and everything has taught me far more about business and contracts mm. and sales, whatever, um, customer service than actually taking a business class ever could have. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Learning how to write a basic contract, I had to go and figure yeah. that out on my own, which is a really unique thing that you're never actually going to find in a class like that. Yeah, I had a very similar experience while I was working with Gail, right? Um, in like when I actually started working with her, I think it was like about seventh grade. Uh, and actually having to learn, oh, how do you create a contract? How do you create a business? How do you set an invoice? And all of these things, figuring them out is just so much more. You cement the knowledge so much more than if you just learn them in school, right? Uh, I find it so tragic that we spend four years of our life learning all these things. And then like you ask any adult and they're like, yeah, I don't remember this and I haven't used it. Um, I I think that all these are extremely important subjects that if people understood biology better, we would be a better world. But the thing is that teaching it in high school is not necessarily the way to go about that because we're giving people all this information without having them kind of know why it's important or how to connect it to their lives. So it's just kind of segmented into this part of your brain and you know how to do assignments and tests and that's it. Right. Yeah. Like, like learning calculus, I think is mm. thing for me because I'm so oh, yeah. in class. Is the yeah. math behind calc mm. isn't really applicable at all unless, uh, un, uh, like it can be mm. used in kind of in computer science, um, mm. but not a ton, you know? Yeah. It's just hard to connect concepts. No, it's certainly hard. Uh, I, I really struggled um, with my calculus course uh, here at UT. Um, uh just this past semester um i think it's uh it can be one of those subjects that's like really disconnected but i also think that it's like really beautiful the ideas behind it are so uh so well connected to like why does the math 
exist in the way it does. Like, I think there are so many questions I had from, uh, I don't know, like even like geometry or like algebra, right? Like, why do we do the things that we do in the way we do them, right? And it felt like all these dis disconnected concepts. And I think calculus finally like kind of connects the dots, but at the same time, like we're teaching it kind of without getting people excited about why they should learn it, right? Um, I think it's also very interesting when you kind of get to upper division math, uh, it, it completely changes the way that you're solving and approaching problems because it's not necessarily the types of, oh, everything has already been solved for you type of thing, but it's kind of like, how do you solve problems and approach things that people haven't really thought about or found the answer to before? Precisely. Can you talk to me, because I know you mentioned that when you started working with mm -hmm. Halo, you actually had to figure out how to do invoices and contracts. And yeah. How did that work? Did, were you like a contractor for hire? Were you an employee at her business? Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, I was a uh, contractor. Um, so I worked for my dad's LLC and uh, we sent invoices and stuff like that. Yeah, and so I was um, kind of like figuring this out and like showing my dad, he's like, yeah, that looks good. And so it's kind of this uh, interesting um, system that I had set up, right? Uh, right. Yeah. Gail or did Gail reach out to you? Were you like yeah. to use your computer science skills like as a job or no? Okay, so I think um huh. It's kind of like an interesting story. Uh, I had joined their kind of apprentice program after this uh, innovation contest at my school. They were uh they had sponsored it and it seemed like a cool program. Uh, the apprentice program that Gail runs, uh I don't know if it's still there. I believe it is. Um, she would basically uh, have these like monthly workshops where specific like skills about like entrepreneurship. Uh, you'd get like paired with local mentors in the Austin area. And then you'd also kind of uh, help and assist at camps. Uh, and so it was a really cool program because I think it really did develop this like responsibility and accountability uh, that I really love even today. Um, and anyway, so being part of that, uh, eventually, uh, Gail was looking for a uh, website and digital marketing assistance. And I'm like, oh, I can probably provide that. Like I, I, that's part of what I do fairly well. And, uh, yeah, that's where kind of that came out of. So it was kind of like this, uh, organic, uh, I don't know, like this is a very like organic thing to start having done digital marketing. And then the app development itself, it came out of uh, two years later, we were talking about uh, scaling the LAU and we realized that one of the best ways we could do that is actually taking those experiences and bringing them into an app and kind of getting that same real life experience and curiosity and low risk uh, mistakes, right? right? And bringing them uh, here as well. So you were 14 and mm. you signed on as a digital marketer and website dev or support whatever for gail yeah how, how was that as a 14 year old like you were working and making decent sums of money i don't i have no clue yeah um, i think i was making like 10 or 15 dollars an hour so it was a lot for really like really good for a 14 yeah. year old like that's no it really yeah uh that's like what like an odd campus job here pays um yeah, yeah so that's yeah what i mean yeah it's like if I had like a fully booked schedule for blogging, I'd be making maybe twenty five dollars an hour. You wow. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's exactly really good. Yeah. Um, 
No, it was uh, really incredible because I kind of had this uh, financial freedom, right? Uh, as a teenager, to like not just like have an allowance, but actually kind of be doing something that I enjoyed and making money from it. And I found that to be a really cool experience, um, right? But I think at the same time, like I'm, you're really providing a service that is really worthwhile, right? So I saw some of the initiatives I took like significantly increased camp registration. And so uh, it was really cool to see that like, not only was I getting paid, but I was actually creating value, right? right. Uh, I was doing something that was like really worthwhile. And I was like kind of making back the money that uh, I was paid, which was really cool to see. Which is really, really cool to see. Yeah. How did you roll that job forward? Because I know like, Mm -hmm. Looking on your LinkedIn thing right here, it says that you were the lead developer at Tech Edge Advisors. What was yeah. that mean? How did you kind of roll that job? So, um, well, okay, you kind of asked two questions, which is like uh, rolling MulaU forward, and then also I think like kind of the progress in MulaU. Yes. Um, okay. So yeah, there were really uh, there really like two aspects. Um, one. I'll, I'll separate it and talk about like MulaU first, and then I'll talk about Tech Edge Advisors. Um, so with MulaU, we kind of like talked about building this app, and that just became kind of like that lead developer position where I was actually going and uh, we had hired another developer at MulaU, uh, and we started building out this app. Uh, of course, it got to the end of the summer, and uh, we hadn't finished it by that time, but we still made a lot of progress and we were able to kind of like go and show that this was something that would be like very possible and very doable. Um, and then uh, also at the same time, kind of this Tech Edge Advisors is uh, this LLC where uh, I was also doing client work for other companies. Uh, and so Gil had introduced me to people, then people had introduced me from there. And it was kind of this like, I was doing good work here, so I was, recommended to other places. And I think that was a, a really cool experience. And so uh, I, uh, we hired um, another developer. Um, and uh, Marketing things. Uh, yeah. So at that point, were you actually kind of running your own business, like leading contractors and bringing in revenue? I mean, at that point, I think we had one employee. So it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't crazy. a huge business. No, it was like me and a friend. Um, but eventually that did actually kind of become a business. Um, so this brings us a lot closer to the present where we started uh, Mintir. And so Mintir was originally, uh, do you know about DECA? I'd assume yeah. you would. Okay, I cool. I am running for my state DECA board right now. Oh, incredible. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Cool. So my my school, it's very small. Our DECA club was three people. Um, we were able to... <laughs> okay, the school itself was like 26. Oh, wow. Yeah, my, my local yeah. DECA chapter is 250. Um, wow. So. Yeah, so that must be a different experience. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a whole community in our school. Yeah. It's very, very cool. Although it's declined because of COVID, but still. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, so I think uh, it was a really, okay, so we were doing DECA, right? And we said that the digital marketing and hospitality looked like an interesting competition. Uh, and so we found some travel agents and we were going to do uh, social media marketing and digital marketing for them. 
and then completely overran the deadline for the competition. Uh, and so we, we figured out that, oh, our chapter, we need to present in December. And no one actually told us this. And so, um, right, since it's just three of us, we have no idea what we're doing. And like, we don't have, uh, like, we don't have any experience in DECA before. Uh, but of course we have like clients now. And so, rather than do it for the competition we just started a marketing agency and uh yeah that's that's an interesting development okay yeah uh and it, it worked out really well uh so we ended up having uh over time uh i think five total contractors and developers working for us uh we had uh, a bunch of different clients and did a lot of cool projects for those clients what kind of revenue are you making? Unless you don't want to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Really cool that this started almost as a mistake, like from a DECA project. Yeah. Uh, I think we ended up doing something like uh, somewhere in the five figures. I'm not sure about the exact uh, figure um, right now. But yeah, yeah, it was quite good. Now, we ended up spending a lot of that, right? So like we did marketing for ourselves. Um, we we had a lot of like contractors and employees. Uh, and we also like had like these software tools that we were using to like kind of manage our company. I think we all walked away with like a few thousand dollars each. Uh, so it definitely was not bad, but like it, it was definitely like you, you see kind of like running a business, you're like, oh, wow, there's so many different expenses and it's really difficult to run a company like this. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And so, like, but at the same time, I really think it was helpful that we were, uh, like, being a child is somewhat useful in that, like, you don't have to worry about paying yourself and, like, where you're going to eat or live, right? So you have this, like, ability to really experiment and do things that people generally wouldn't be able to do. And so I think that was uh, just a really, really cool experience. Um and I, I learned so much through the process. No, I 100% agree with you yeah. because over this last year, um, money hasn't had to be the main factor for me. When I'm yeah. setting things up and running things, mm -hmm. with this podcast, I was able to start and run it Yeah, zero profit margins because I don't need the money. Exactly. But I was able to, I was able to build this really awesome network without mm. actually having to worry about like, oh gosh, am I going to be able to yeah. pay the bills? Yeah, exactly. It's really, really hard to monetize a podcast. Like it's yeah, it's, yeah. Unless you have thousands of people listening, it's basically impossible. Mm -hmm. It's not. Yeah. Like this much. Exactly. But because of that, I, because I'm a kid and I don't actually have mm -hmm. expenses, I could just do this as a background project. Yeah. And as the year went on and into this year, like I've done writing projects and I've done, oh gosh, I did a, I did a paid internship as a podcast manager, marketer for a woman. Oh, that like, sounds really cool. I'm able to just do these things. Yeah, I worked as an independent contractor with her, but I'm able to yeah. do these things and experiment. And if I don't really necessarily enjoy what I'm doing or I want to end what I'm doing, I just can because I don't I don't need that money exactly to sustain myself, which is a really unique experience. And I think that's one of the best things about uh, like being young is that you you can really like yeah. do things because you find them really interesting and like. I think uh, there's this like really interesting idea of like uh, how important it is to just like play, right? And like do things right. that you don't necessarily need to turn into huge businesses, but doing things just because you're really interested and in them and want to explore them. Not necessarily that you want to like do them forever, but because they're really cool to do. Mm -hmm. 100%. Uh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> no. But yeah. So 
Mintier. Yeah. You said you, you kind of shut down that business. You walked away from it. Yeah. Why um, is that? And what are you doing now? Two-prong question again. Sure. Um, so I think at the certain point, uh, we had all uh, – we started preparing for college over the summer and we just found that kind of mentor just gradually became less interesting as we were kind of like moving forward. And we, we were kind of like reflecting, we realized that this wasn't really what we wanted to do long-term. Um, I, I, I'm not that interested in uh, marketing. Like I find it to be a really interesting, like I find it to be a cool subject and I, I'm glad that some people really know what they're doing. It's also not something that I want to be doing long-term. Um, I think uh, it's just kind of like a, uh, it's just not something that I really enjoy as much as something like software development. Um, right. And I, I think uh, basically everyone else on the team kind of felt similarly. Uh, I know uh, I worked with four people um, on the like founding team. We were like partners in the LLC, Caden, uh, myself, Darius, and Andrew. Uh, Darius is now like really interested in like machine learning and data science. Caden uh, in uh, law and like sports management. Uh, Andrew is also really interested in software engineering. Uh, he's actually going to be doing a Amazon internship this summer, which is really awesome. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, uh, it's super exciting. Um, and apparently, the experience of like having his own company, he got to talk about that, and that really made him stand out in the uh, kind of recruiting process. And so I thought that was really cool. 100%. Yeah. So I, I uh, yeah. Oh no, no, you go. You go. I was just gonna say I've always, I've always had the belief that being able to say, yeah, I ran my own podcast, <laughs> you know, yeah, or I started my own writing business, etc., is yeah. a really unique way to approach recruiters. And I'm sure you had that same yeah. experience. It's like I built out this company and had contractors and made money. You know? Oh, definitely, because like you show that you know what you're doing. Like, there's no other way to really get the feel for how hard it is to actually yeah. do things unless you're doing them, right? Like, Especially it. It's definitely not, um, it's not hard to get started. It's actually like, I, I would encourage like everyone to go in, like find something you're really interested in and like build a business out of it. Or even if you're not building a business, just become really good at something that you really like doing. But you'll notice that it's not an easy process. Like there's so much, uh, there's so much along the way that will be very difficult. And I think that is a really cool thing because understanding that and like understanding the time management, understanding like prioritization, all of these are like really hard things that you can't really teach. You can only really experience. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the things that I, I'm so happy that I had from the experience. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I, there are just unique skills that you get from running a business, doing these things as a kid, especially as a kid, because I found in my life, at least, and like when I'm when I'm trying to record podcasts and do writing mm -hmm. and do school and all of this other stuff, it becomes such a difficult thing to balance. Definitely, I'm going to high school for seven, mm. eight hours a day, and yeah, school starts at seven twenty. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter when I go to bed. That's the, yeah. That's the when I have to be there. Exactly. So like, it comes down to you have you have to be disciplined with your time if you want to be able mm -hmm. to work on all of these projects, especially when you're like an actual paid contractor and you have clients that are relying on you yeah it's not oh i can do this later it's like this has to be done you know what i mean yeah and so no exactly you build your schedule with all of that in mind and work for your life with the idea in your head that like this needs to get done today that needs to get done tomorrow and i need to prioritize mm -hmm. everything around these because if i don't what are my clients gonna think you know exactly 
And I think that was one of the best things about having a team, which was um, sometimes my schedule got really overwhelmed or there was stuff that I wasn't able to do. And so having people who had different schedules meant that we could cover each other when things were getting difficult. And so I think um, while that's like a really big privilege that I didn't have the opportunity to really do until like those last two years of high school, finding people that I really trusted and being able to run a business with them was so much of a better experience than doing it by myself because when you have a team of people who are like really capable and who you trust and who will help you, you don't have to worry as much about like exactly what you can do, but just trust that like someone will be able to pick up the slack when things go wrong. Because like the thing is that, and I think one of the hardest things is also like, I think that you need like kind of that freedom and exploration and space to just explore things, right? And uh, sometimes it can be really difficult to do that if you are doing a bunch of stuff by yourself. And so, yeah, I think that was one of the best experiences as well. Part of the reason that I focus on writing is mm -hmm. because I be I have a background and I have like people like companies and stuff who can vouch for me. Mm -hmm. But being a writer allows me to work in whatever space that I want. Yeah. Um, like I I've worked in the fi I've written for finance blogs. I've written for crypto mm -hmm. blogs. I've written for oh, cool. yeah. improvement and even exercise blogs. Like I've done all of these things are inter things that interest me and I can transition to pretty much wherever I want. And at this point You're so right. Podcast, and because of mm. the work that I've done, I've built out this network where I can contact people and actually go wherever I want. Yeah. And I encourage people who are listening to this podcast to, you don't necessarily have to write. Writing is a great way to do so. But mm. To try and, when you're building out a business, build out a business that allows you to explore and just see what you like more than anything. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head there, right? Like it's, it's really about doing stuff that you enjoy and you're going to realize that, oh, you don't necessarily like everything and that's okay. And you can just say, okay, this wasn't for me and move on to the thing that is more interesting and more engaging. And I think that's uh, a really important thing because you don't necessarily have that experience. Like when you have to worry about like survival, I think it's a lot harder to take risks. Um, and so I don't necessarily know if that's true, right? Uh, I think Elon Musk, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like, uh, he talked about how he would like do things like, he put all of his money into Tesla at one point uh, during uh, the recession, I believe, and said like, okay, the worst possible scenario is that I end up working at McDonald's. And that's not a huge deal because right. I can survive on that, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember hearing him speak about how at one point, just mm. purely an experiment, he tried to work, tried to live off of, like $20 a week. Um, yeah. And he like moved into this apartment where he was sharing rent with like eight people. Wow. Yeah. Really low rent apartment. So they were all crammed in there. And he was in there. Yeah. So rent was like five bucks or it was like 20 bucks a month. Mm. Like every week he had to make sure he had $5. And then he just bought absolute junk food and he figured out like, across this month. That yeah. It wasn't ideal, but he could live on $80 a month. Exactly. Which is, you can make $80 a month. Mm. <laughs> like literally yeah 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 the easiest thing ever I, I hate to say that but like mm. there's a job shortage in america right now and yeah if, if you have to work at mcdonald's and make 10 to even 15 dollars an hour i think they're offering, sure you can do it yeah and i think that's a really but as kids we don't have mm. to worry about that as yeah yeah exactly like i don't have to worry about needing to move into an apartment with eight other people yeah you know what i mean yeah 
So you have this flexibility yeah. to really do stuff that engages you and makes you really excited. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I, I think really accepting that and really accepting that like the purpose of like being a kid is to explore things and uh, enjoy things, but also like not, not just things that are made for kids, but like really getting this experience yeah. in the world yeah. is like the most important thing. Yeah. I do think that a mistake that a lot of kids make is when they're like exploring things. Yes. All things much as to kids, like sports. Mm -hmm. It's a great example. Exactly. Um, and quite frankly, a lot of sport. I don't know many adults that still like actively play tons of sports. Yeah. Yeah. Kids do, and but instead of playing necessarily lots of sports for me, I should quit mm -hmm. my sport so I could focus on this podcast and networking with people in different uh, industries and doing this writing stuff. I I wonder if. I don't know. Uh, I, I really think that like it's important to also just focus on what brings you joy, right? Like oh, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. To go explore. If it sure. Joy, then do it. Mm. I also quit because I didn't like the sport that much. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that is exactly for me. Like I was um, doing scouting in middle school, and I, I just realized that this was not something I really enjoyed. And I looked at it. I'm like, okay if I was to like go and approach this and like try and get Eagle Scout, right? This would take so much of my time every week. And it's just not something I really love to do. And I realized that if I took my time that I would do that and instead spend it on uh, like business and uh, software engineering, I could just do something that I really love to do. And I think that's exactly what you did, right? Uh, and so I think this idea of kind of like taking control of your time is this like really a, just, incredible thing uh, a lot of my friends uh especially through the hack club community uh you you notice that a lot of the people who were really successful were people who were like able to convince their parents that instead of doing uh piano practice they could do uh coding or writing or like exploring and i think like that's one of the real uh shared things between uh like kid entrepreneurs right like it's that kind of like uh yeah exactly and doing stuff and taking that kids just generally aren't able to do yes yes yeah so i know we're kind of getting towards the end of our time here so yeah winding down ben is there anything in particular that you want my audience to take from this like what are your final hmm. words to impart if you could see all your ideas into, i don't know it doesn't have to be one final statement but yeah um i don't know uh it, it's kind of hard because I, I i haven't i don't know for sure because like i i think Hmm. I'm still really figuring things out. I'm still really figuring things out myself. And I think that is the thing that basically everyone my age shares, which is that we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> and we generally don't know that much about ourselves. We can just kind of figure that out as we go. And so I think a lot of the time you'll if you're doing things that are really challenging, you'll feel out of your comfort zone and like you aren't going to be able to get it to happen. And it's gonna seem really difficult. And the reason why is because like, it's not necessarily a common path and it's not a common path because these things are difficult. But when you do things that aren't common and when you do things because you really are passionate about and enjoy them, I think that's where a lot of learning and personal growth happens. Um, I, I think a lot of the time, like uh, I can feel like I'm not being productive enough or uh, not being, um, not coding enough or not doing this thing enough. And I, I think like that can be like a really dangerous mentality because you might not 
have all the time in the world to code. Sometimes like you just need to focus on your mental health. Sometimes AP tests get really difficult. Um, sometimes everything can get really difficult and just knowing what you want to do and figuring out your priorities and allowing those priorities to sometimes just be being happy uh, is one of the most important things. But at the same time, make sure those are the priorities that you want, not ones that are like enforced on other people and that those things that you do are the things that you want to be doing. And so I think one of the things that I never really got too much into is video gaming. I found that like I would get just as much enjoyment out of uh, software and uh, creating things. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that video games are bad. I know a lot of friends who have had like incredibly successful uh, like uh, live, or I guess to this day, like they're not that old, uh, but like really <laughs> incredibly successful, yeah. uh, like getting into college and like uh, internships and everything like that and playing video games. So if that's something that interests you, go and do it. But at the same time, like don't feel like video games are all you can do. You can do so many other things that can be incredibly fun and figuring out what interests you, what you want to be doing in your life is I think one of the most important things. Uh, yeah. No, part, part of the reason that I started coding was because I love games. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I want to go into game development, and that's going to be yeah. focused. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and I know I know people always say that game development isn't what you think it is. No, I literally just want to build cool things for people. But, and honestly, like, that's what you should be doing. Like, yeah. building cool things for people because you really enjoy doing that. Like, that's so cool. It might not be the best industry ever, but it pays fairly well, and yeah. you can create your own games. Yeah. And if that's what you want, yeah. I think more than anything, people should chase enjoyment in what they're doing. Like, like that's kind of exactly. Here, I think. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter what your interests are, as long as you're having fun and enjoying what you're doing. That's mm -hmm. the biggest thing. And if you can try and create freedom and autonomy and uh, financial gain from that, then do so. Like, chase exactly. That, go after that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think most skills are monetizable, and I think yeah. that people should actively be chasing that. Exactly. I think just. Not only is it cool to be able to monetize and find financial freedom, but I think just getting money for something is just such great validation of what you're doing is important for someone else that it, it's really cool to be able to monetize your work in that way, right? I, the feeling yeah. that I got the first time I received money for like writing and stuff, uh -huh. it was like it was oh like, same yeah yeah like, yeah oh, yeah yeah. I think I'm actually the greatest person that ever lived. <laughs> like, yeah. No, it felt so exhilarating awesome. to just see that validation of like, oh, wow, this person is just so they found your work to be valuable and something that you did to be worthwhile and like give you money. Like this incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think that's I think that's a great place to end it, Ben. So thank you awesome. so much for coming on today, man. I, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. It was really good. Yeah, same. This was great. Thank you so much.